Thank you for tuning into our podcast. We hope that you enjoy this message. You are welcome to visit us at 1800 Apostle Johnson Way in Annapolis, Maryland, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. And be sure to check us out at www.thefcca.org. church it is a joy to be in the house of the Lord one more time amen I promise you I'm not gonna try to be here a long time I just got a few little things to say and then I'm gonna be out your way amen If you can meet me over in Psalm 27. I will be reading from the New Living Translation. And it reads as this. The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. Psalm 27, verse 1 through 3. And I selected this text because some verses say, whom shall I fear or whom shall I be afraid? But this one says, why should I be afraid? I, I, I need the glasses to see you, but I can't. See this? I don't know what it is. But anyway, so today I want to come from the topic of no need to fear. Let us pray. Father God, most holy and gracious God, I come before you this morning, Lord God, asking that I be decreased, that you may be increased, Lord God. Father God, I'm just here standing in this place. You speak through me, Lord God. You download your words. Father God, as you would have me to share with your people, Lord God, use me so that they may see you, Lord God, and give understanding and clarity to this word as you have given understanding and clarity to me. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity, Lord God, to come before your people once again. So use me, Lord. I surrender myself unto you that your glory may come through, Lord God, that someone may understand that there is no need to fear. In Jesus' name, amen. So this message right here, I battled with this thing. I kind of went with, what are you afraid of? No need to fear. Do not be afraid. And it came about because in life, we experience many fears. It starts as early as our childhood. 
there is a moment of being afraid of the dark. We still have adults that are afraid of the dark. But it starts there. And as we grow, those fears change. They change to fear of meeting new people, fear of taking a test, or fear of going to a new school, fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of letting others down. We don't want to let down our parents, our family, our pastor, our teachers. We just have this fear. And so when this came to me, I started looking at what are some of the fears of the youth of today? And the ironic, the, the crazy thing about this is over time, because life has changed and we go through different experiences, the fears of our youth have changed. And so I was finding where before they were, you know, afraid of going to that new school, afraid of taking a test or passing a, an exam or, or meeting new people where now they have these fears of being pressured to take drugs. They have this fear of if I don't have sex, will I be accepted? because that's what everybody else is doing. They have a fear of going to school, not because they may fail a test, but because someone may come and shoot up their school. They have this fear of teen pregnancy. You know, it's happening all around me. Does that mean that's my next step? They have this fear of bullying. If I don't do what everybody else is doing, how does that make me? They have this fear of being different. Do I even want to acknowledge that I know who the Lord is, that I go to church on Sundays, because how will they treat me? Should I pray over my food in school? Because what will somebody say when they see my head bended down over my meal? These are the fears that they're facing today, whereas they're facing, am I thick enough? Am I skinny enough? Am I light enough? Am I dark enough? And I found out that they even have some fears that we had. Because there were some that feared, will I ever be in a safe, happy family? Will I be married? Will I have children? Will I even live to that point to have children? And I... <laughs> And I said, sometimes we forget that even though there's an age gap, there's a commonality. Because you have adults who fear if they don't have sex, they won't find a mate. You have adults that fear that marriage may never happen from them because everybody else is getting married all around them. You have adults who are afraid to go back to school. What happens if I fail? They even had kids that were wondering about, will it be enough money? Will they be able to get a job when they finish college? These are things that we fear. When is the next raise coming from? Can I really call BG&E and say Jesus paid it all? <laughs> you know, these are... Real fears. 
that we're struggling with and we don't realize that our children are struggling with the same fears. They see their parents going back and forth to work, maintaining two and three jobs, so they wonder, is that my future? Fears are something that we all struggle with, just like I said at the beginning. Whether we're young, we're old, black, white, or indifferent. Fear is that uninvited dinner guest that shows up at Thanksgiving. Fear shows up when you least expect it. And then always comes unannounced. <laughs> Fear does not make itself known when it comes. And, and this, this message allowed me to see, I used to always say this, this generation has no fear. But then it, I came to realize there's no hope. Because they do have fears. Just like we do. But they've done exactly what we taught them to do. They learned to mask them. Address them in secret or not to deal with them at all, which then leads to worry, anxiety, and then that leads to unhealthy lifestyles and, and unhealthy behaviors. See, we have to understand that all of us have dreams that haven't been shared, some steps that God ordered that we have yet to take some scholarships or colleges that our youth have not applied for because they fear being rejected. Jobs we don't apply for because we think we're unqualified according to man's standards. There are conversations we haven't had because we fear what the outcome will be. You know, we play that thing over in our head. I'm going to say this, they're going to say that. I'm going to say this, they're going to say that. Then they're going to do this and I'm going to do that. So we avoid the conversation altogether. There are callings that have yet to been accepted. Ministries that we haven't joined or even started, all because we are afraid of what others think, what others will say. We're even afraid that we may fail. Therefore, as believers, we must create an environment where people are not judged by the fears they have, but are encouraged to overcome them. What is easy for you may not be easy for someone else. We must be mindful of the pressure that we're putting on our youth, that we're putting on our friends and our family. We must be willing to have those conversations and find out what is really going on in the lives of those around us. This is no longer the time to assume that everything is all right. Um, I like to watch YouTube videos and, and the movies. And yeah, I do a lot of that. And the thing that happened, there was um, a movie where the child had committed suicide, and it mind-boggled the parents. Why she commit suicide? She was a cheerleader. She was this. She was that. But 
if we're not creating a safe environment because they didn't find out until they pulled up her laptop, she was being bullied. You know, she tried to fit in, do a little something she shouldn't have done, and the boy posted a video all over social media and put pictures up all in the school, but she never told her parents. The other thing is the school never called and said this was going on. And so they saw Facebook posts and Instagram posts where she was saying, and this was based on a true story, she was saying, stop it. Please stop it. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Let me live. Let me live. And eventually she didn't live anymore. And so we have to be mindful of these fears and we have to have these conversations like, what is really going on with you? What is school like? I've sat down with kids that don't want to go to the bathroom because they're in there doing drugs. They're in there having sex. And you, and you never question why your child come home from school and the first thing they do, they got to run to the bathroom. Like they've been holding it all day and you're like, what's going on? Nothing. But something is going on. See, even David, a man after God's own heart, struggled with fear from time to time. This is the same David that was anointed by Samuel in his youth to be king. This is the same David that went to deliver lunch to his brothers and ended up killing the giant, Goliath. Yet in this psalm, he is asking the question, why should I be afraid? And at first sight, we take this literally, but it's really a rhetorical question. The commentators really aren't sure where David was at this point when he wrote this. Some think it was um, right after he faced Goliath. Some think it was right after he became king or right before he became king. Some think it was after he was dealing with the death of his parents. And then there are some that just think he just wrote it as a reflection of who God really is in his life. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves who God is. Because the commonality in all of this is, even though they're not sure when it was, we know it was written to comfort us during troubles. During those moments when we are afraid. And no matter which version of this text you read, understand that David is teaching us to counteract our fears with the truth of God. This is how we must address fear. So when that fear rises up, it's not to consume us. See, we must address the fear with truth. There's an acronym that says fear is false evidence appearing real. And so we must speak truth. We must overcome the enemy with the word and power of God. So... How can I get you to understand this? What David is really saying to us, showing us. So if you bear with me, I'm going to show you something. So fly away. See what I'm saying? Okay. So I started off in the beginning and I said we, sh we go through many fears, right? So let's just say 
you're in a situation. And the first thing that rises up is rejection. So there's this fear of rejection. That if you really step out of your comfort zone, you will be rejected. So then there's this other thing that comes through, but if I step out of my comfort zone, will I fail? So then you have the fear of failure. And so you experience this fear of rejection and this fear of failure. And so at the same time, you still, you haven't moved yet because you have fear of rejection, you have fear of failure, but what will I lose? If I really say that I'm different, who will stop dealing with me? Who will walk away from my life? The fear of loss. So then, now, here comes the fear of loss. So we got rejection, we got failure, we got loss. And then we have that, if I really do this, I'm going to have to change some things in my life. I have to make some sacrifices I really don't want to make. I'm going to have to overcome some things I really didn't want to overcome because, you know, that's just me. That's just who I am. So then we have that fear of change. And so we have change, rejection, failure. And if you see, as these fears are rising up, I'm getting closed in. We have this fear of letting people down. That ain't what they saw me doing. That's not what they said of me. So now I'm, I'm letting people down. So we have this fear of letting people down, right? And so as these fears have come in, you don't see me. But see, right here in this circle, hmm, these fears are on the outside. But because we've learned to perfect the masking, nobody sees the fears that are on the inside. So you wonder why you can't move. You see what I'm saying? You can't move. You're shifting, but there is no way out. Because we can't overcome fear on our own. When, when we come to this point, then we have to start saying those things, Lord, you did not give me a spirit of fear, but of power and might and a strong mind. Lord, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You come into that thing and you say, though my fathers and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. 
I am not alone. Then you start saying, nothing can separate me from the love of God. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. And so when you start speaking God's word, fear has to flee. Because God's word is truth. But you can't just speak it. You got to believe it. And how do you believe it? You believe it in faith. You believe it in faith. Because if fear is false, faith is truth. Faith is truth. The word of God is truth. David talks about the Lord is my light and my salvation. The light will guide you out. God's word is a lamp until your feet because fear will put you in darkness. Pastor Kay got up here and she said that prayer. And I remember listening to a sermon and this pastor for six months. He said, not six months, for six years. After 9-11, he would not travel to preach as a pastor because he was afraid to fly. What does that tell us? Nobody is exempt so he missed being where God told him to be because he allowed the fear. Psalm 23 says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff shall comfort me. I struggle with the title, but I ain't just struggle with the title. I struggle with fear. If, if I could be real and transparent. I got people around me that believe more in me than I believe in myself. That speak more life to me than I have spoken to myself. See, when I say life changes how you see things, when you experience some troubles... When you go through some things, you begin to fear whether you should really step out. And see, right in the midst of this, I was sharing with Pastor Kay after she prayed, I showed her my sermon title. I got like two sermons. You know, I called some of my accountability partners. Got two sermons sitting at home. I said, oh, yeah. Share with... Uh, Kimmy, I say, I think I'm going to do a remix. I keep a copy of every message I write. I email it to myself. God did not allow me to locate either one of those sermons. Because he wanted me to address the fear. And so I had to go through my own deliverance of fear because in the midst of it, you become stagnant. And then you make up excuses of why you're stagnant. So God had to deliver me so then I can come here and tell you how to get delivered from your fears. Amen? And so when he took me to this text, the light is a, the, the lamp, the light is a lamp unto your feet. And salvation, that's that perseveration. How God keeps you. Even when you don't want to be kept. How God will have you reaching out when you don't even want to reach out because he already know where you are. And see that salvation is his saving grace. When you confess with your heart and you believed, when you believed in your heart and confess with your mouth. The scripture tells us he has us in the palm of his hands and no one can pluck us out. 
And so what does that mean? You're in the palm of his hands. And that leads you to this text when it says, he is my fortress, protecting me. And, and, and I got excited about that because when I was looking at fortress, you know when um, my military people can attest, that's that little safe place that they build where you hide out in while war is going all around you. See, when trouble and war is going all around us, we got to hide in the Lord. Scripture tells us he is our refuge. That's where we got to be. And this fortress, nothing, even though this is what my hand looks like. But if the song says he got the whole world in his hands, and we got to think he's all-powerful all-knowing, almighty, nothing. Because a fortress, nothing can come against it. It can be overtaken when they come in. But see, this fortress that God built, can't nothing overtake it. Can't nothing come up against that. It can't penetrate. So even though everything we're going through and everything we're faced with, we must remain confident in this. And, and, and I was trying to find this thing on fear because um, it's like so many scriptures on fear and, and um, I kept coming across this thing, 365 verses that address fear. 365. What does that mean? Every day of the year, God got a verse to counteract your fear. Every day of the year. And, and, and Rick Warren and um, David Komoloff, they, they have devotions out there that every day I can give you a word to counteract your fear. Rest assured, God's word is eternal, and it's the antidote to overcome every fear. And I'm going to close like this. Fear, false evidence appearing real. And, and I was good with fear back when I first came to church. And when then I got to my calling, I came through. But as God continues to elevate you and move you, and new fears start rising up, right? So then you need some new scriptures. That's why he got 365. <laughs> Right? New level, new devil. That's what they say. So I kept saying to God, this fear thing keeps rising up. And, and how God helped me, he made, he put that one thing that I feared the most. Because when I was thinking of this, the first thing I thought about was that, that poem that says, our deepest and greatest fear. Is that we're inadequate? But that ain't everybody's deepest fear. So I said, God, what is my deepest fear? And so he had to expose that to me. And then I had to deal with it. And I made up in my mind that even if my greatest fear shall come to pass, guess what? I made a promise on June 9th, 2009, 2002, for you I live and for you I die. And we got to make that decision 
day in and day out. And so with false evidence appearing real, this is it. I say, God, give me another acronym because there are two types of fear. There's the fear where you're afraid and you're scared and this and that. And then there's fear, which is a reverence to the most high God. And so if we're going to take out the enemy's fear and then replace it with a reverence to the most high God, I ask for this new acronym. False evidence appearing real. Faith, endurance, anointing, revelation. When we're giving reverence to the most high God, his fear brings faith. Faith is that thing that carries us when we don't want to be carried. Faith is that thing that though it may get shaken will keep us moving forward. Faith is that thing that we took on when we accepted that he died on the cross for you and me. That when he shed his blood, that's what the faith is. And so through your faith, you can endure. This is why I say you can't overcome fear by yourself. So through your faith, you can endure. So faith produces that endurance because then you can move even when you don't feel like moving. Then you can stand when you don't feel like standing. You can praise when you don't feel like praising. And because you have endured, because when you're going through that enduring process, guess what you look like? (laughs) You look like that olive that got to get crushed and got to get crushed and got to get crushed, and just like the oil squeezes from the olive, as you're enduring, the oil squeezes from the Lord and falls on you. There comes your anointing. And when you're under the anointing and the power of God comes revelation, he, he begins to show you that that fear ain't really fear. That that fear is just a trick of the enemy. He begins to show you his word. He begins to speak to you and you begin to speak life to yourself. So see, we don't need to focus on false evidence appearing real. Let's just trust the Lord and have faith, endurance, anointing, and revelation. As the decision counselors are coming to the floor, salvation is in the house. Restoration is in the house. Prayer. Maybe you've been struggling with your own fears. Maybe there are some things that you have yet to overcome. Maybe there are some fears that have been holding you back. And sometimes we don't even know how to talk about the fear that we're experiencing 
But God is here today to address that fear. Salvation. Salvation. That's accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because he's the one true person who has conquered fear. He conquered fear on the cross. And he's offering that gift of salvation to you today. Restoration. Maybe you've become stagnant in your fear. Maybe you're just stagnant because of other reasons. Maybe you strayed away from the church. Restoration. God is here today to restore you. Church membership. Maybe you're looking for a church home. Because, see, you can't have strong and wise counsel if you're homeless. 